Amen. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're already in chapter 3, if you can believe that. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I have a confession to make. I knew I was going to get that response. Everybody goes, (laughs) I'm going to listen now. I have a confession to make. And the confession is this, that I'm human. I am human. I have struggles. I have trials. I have pains. I talked a little bit about that last week, but or was it the week before? I forget because I'm so human. I forget things. And you know what? Life is hard. Life is hard for all of us. You know, life is just sometimes hard. Now, there are times that God gives us breaks, I think. He gives us those times of, of relief and rest in between. But, you know, life is difficult. You know, I, my mother is 91 years old, and I hate to bring her into this, but she's part of who I am, right? She's 91 years. She's been in the hospital um, during the last six months um, way longer than she's been out. And so, you know, kind of like, what is going on? You know, I, and, and the problem for me is that when she's in the hospital, I can't talk to her because she has hearing issues, and she can only use speakerphones. And she doesn't know how to work a speakerphone at anywhere else. But so, uh, so that's difficult. Half the time, I wonder what I'm doing here, to be honest with you. Not here in Rhode Island, but here. Like, what am I doing here? I just want to be honest with you today because the theme is, is for prayer. I, I wonder sometimes, how did I ever get here to this place? How did I ever end up right here? You go like, he's really getting strange now. Do you ever wonder that? Like, how did you end up where you are? And you kind of look back and you see the steps that kind of happened and the steps you took to get there, but you wonder, how did this happen? Well, I want to say to you today is I, I need your prayers. I really need your prayers. I really covet your prayer. I feel strange asking, but, you know, you say, why do you feel strange asking? Well, two, two reasons for, for me. One, I hate to draw attention to myself. And that seems kind of strange because when I stand up here, um, you know, who else are you looking at? You know, you know I hate to. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Um, but the second thing is that I'm supposed to be the pastor, right? This guy doesn't need prayer. I mean, he's like, he's, a, he's the pastor. The pastor has it all together always, right? Yeah, sure, not. I'm just human. I'm like the next person. I have another problem that I have to share with you today is that my wife left me. My wife left me. You know, we joke about that, but, you know, in, in some cases that stuff really happens, right? My wife, my husband left me. And it's part of this life, and we need prayer, and we need prayer. But my, my wife, fortunately, she left me for a good cause. She went to California for a, a pastor's wives conference and then to see her family, uh, you know, who she hasn't seen for a year. And one of her sisters has uh, RA, a rheumatoid arthritis, extremely debilitating case. She can't move her hands. She can't walk. She can't pretty much do anything. And so she's there to help her. And, and so my wife needs prayer. You say, well, okay, that's you. But, but you know what? I believe that you need prayer too. 
So I'll ask you, do you need prayer? Do you need prayer for anything in your life? The thing is, we don't always like to ask, do we? We don't always like to ask people, I need prayer, can you pray for me? Why is that? You ever thought about that? Maybe for yourself? Oh, that's okay. Where was I? Do you need prayer? <laughs> I need prayer all the time. Man, is it hot in here? Yeah. Can you turn the fans back on, Nick, please? We're not going to turn the heat AC on. Don't worry about it. Just the fan. Just move it around a little bit. See? Um, I think we all need prayer for one thing or another. But we're afraid to ask so many times. We're just afraid to let people know. We don't want people to know that we're not perfect, that we don't have it all together. We're not, a, you know, we're, but, but the truth is that, you know, we're human. It's okay that we don't have it all together because we are human beings. And we haven't, just because we're believers doesn't mean we've, you know, risen to the status of being Christ. We're supposed to be Christ-like, and the word Christian means little Christ, and we're, we're on that path of becoming more and more like Jesus, but we're not there yet. If it gets too cold, let me know, okay? And we'll have Nick turn those off. In our passage today, Paul asks for prayer, and he asks, and I want to use this word unashamedly, he asks for prayer. Pray for us, he says. The last two verses that we looked at, Paul prayed for them. And now Paul says, okay, I prayed for you. He doesn't say this like this, but he, he, he prayed for them and he says, now I want prayer. We need prayer too. So we all need prayer. The people in Thessalonica needed prayer. Paul prayed for them. Paul and his crew, his team, his group of people, they needed prayer. And he's not afraid to say, pray for us. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 there. It says, finally, brothers... Pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. He goes on to say, but the Lord is faithful. So he knows that God is going to answer those prayers, but he believed in prayer. He believed that prayer was important. It's important to say those prayers. It's important to pray and ask God to do these things. Because you know what James said, right? You have not because you ask not. So if we don't pray, if we don't ask for prayer, many times we don't, nothing happens and we'll, well, we haven't asked for prayer. And there's something special too about asking others to pray for us because where two or more are gathered, there the Lord is. And, and there's something special about prayer. I, and not to minimize our own private prayers, our own individual prayers, those are important too, but where we've actually asked somebody to pray for us. Pray for me. Paul wasn't afraid to admit that he needed prayer. Notice he says there finally, he starts chapter 3 with finally. Now he didn't write these you know, in chapters or anything, but he, he says finally, and then he goes on for a whole other chapter. I'm hopefully not going to do that today. I could. But I think, I think the important thing is that, that we see here that, that we need prayer, that we all need prayer. 
What I find interesting looking at these two verses and in this passage here is the two things that Paul asks for prayer. Now, we could pray for a lot of different things in our lives, right? We have a lot of needs, a lot of areas that we can ask for prayer. But the first two that he mentions here, in other places he mentions different things, and he prays different things for the people. But the two that he mentions here, I've titled The Word and The War. And they, they seem to have risen to the top in this prayer that Paul has here. The word and the war. And it wasn't just for him, though. It wasn't just for Paul the Apostle and, and the others that were serving together with him. It's for you and me, too. The word and the war are something you and I are both involved in. Each one of us. The word and the war. His first request about the word, he says this. Read it with me again. He says, pray for us that... The message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored. That the message of the Lord may spread rapidly or run quickly and be honored just as it was with you. Just as those people, when they heard the word of God, we saw it back in the beginning of 1 Thessalonians, they heard the word of God and they accepted it as what it is, the word of God. They didn't just say it was the words of men. They said, this is the word of God. And Jim brought out some verses from the word of God. And I don't know if you, but for you, but you hear those words, you go, wow. That verse in, in Psalm, um, was it 34, 18? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. That's powerful, isn't it? The word of the Lord. So Paul was concerned about spreading this word and he was involved in it, and you and I are involved in it well, and there's an urgent need for prayer. There was an urgent need for prayer back in Paul's day. There's, I, I don't know, maybe more, but there's definitely an urgent need for prayer today in our country, in our world, that the word of the Lord would spread rapidly. Because what we have seen, I don't know if you have been a Christian very long, but what I have seen is that the word of God is becoming less and less and less in our society and in our culture. Where our culture was more, more um, you know, infiltrated and, and controlled and even uh, filled with God's word just because of through the people, that's becoming less and less. That's why I'm, I'm still working in my mind, and, and I, I've tried it a couple of times now, this John 3.16 uh, survey. Do you know what John 3.16 is? That's rhetorical. You don't have to answer that one. I've asked two people, my, two of my neighbors, and they both go, no, what is it? You see, it used to be that everybody would know, sure, I know what that is. Of course I know what that is. That's what the guy holds up in the, in the uh, end zone, uh, 316 up there in the end zone when you're looking and he's kicking the field goal, right? Any of you ever seen that? But sad to say, that guy needs to do a little more work because nobody knows what that is anymore. 316, like what? Maybe they'll go back and like do a Google search, 316, and say, oh, maybe it'll come up or something else might come up. I don't know what'll come up. Everybody's grabbing out their smartphones. 316. I'm just I'm making notes, Pastor, really, and you're searching in your Google. We have an urgent need for prayer in our country, in our world, that God's word, the word of the Lord, would spread rapidly and be honored. We have opportunities. We have opportunities. You and I have opportunities to bring that word to people. Say, well, I'm not a preacher. 
Well, you don't have to be a preacher to let God, God's word come through you in a situation. And God will bring to your remembrance by the Holy Spirit that's living within us. He will bring to you some word that applies to the situation that you find yourself in. And you can say something to the effect, well, you know, the Bible says this about that. So I'm just trying to follow what the Bible says. I'm not perfect. Not that we're, you know, uh, you know we've got, we get our big giant, uh, you know, King James Version that's, you know, like about this big. And, you know, we, we bring it to the work with us. And then when somebody says something, we just go wham and slam them on the head with this giant Bible. You don't have to do that because God's word is quick and powerful, living and active. It, it accomplishes what it, God sends it to accomplish. But Paul the Apostle here, he's saying, you know what, I need prayer if I'm going to be involved in this thing of spreading the word. I need prayer badly for it. You and I need to pray about those opportunities. And I want to say to you today for myself, I need, I need prayer. I, I desperately need your prayers. You know, I have opportunities. God has brought, like I said, I don't know how I got here, but I'm in this place where I have these opportunities in front of me on a, on a, on a weekly basis. And these are, I have the, the privilege of use, being in these spaces, in these places to, to speak and to preach and to teach and to just share God's word. But when you think about that, you know, Paul said to Timothy, you know, be careful. Don't, you know, don't just think yourself you're going to be a teacher, you know, without realizing that there's going to be more uh, responsibility, more accountability if you're going to take these opportunities. So Paul realized that. He told Timothy about it. But I have these opportunities, and, and I want you to, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm prayer. I, I need your prayers about these opportunities. You know, Wednesday night we have a, a, a small group study prayer meeting together. I want, I want God's word to be open, to be alive. Thursday evening I do a, a live radio program. I need help with that. You know, they're, they're all very different circumstances. Friday afternoon I, I, I do a chapel with fifth through eighth graders. 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. Now that's a crowd, right? You know, if you're looking and talking to the 5th graders and the 8th graders over here, just like they're going off somewhere else. If you're over here talking to the 8th graders, they're going, you know, the 5th graders are starting to throw things around the room. And, you know, it, it, it's wild. But I have that opportunity and it's like, how did I get it? I don't even know how I got it. I didn't like say, you know, you need me. And then Sunday morning with you, tough crowd. <laughs> Sunday morning here, I need prayer. I need prayer. And that's what Paul was saying about that God's word would spread rapidly. The word of the Lord would spread rapidly and be honored. You know, for me personally, I, you know, it, there, there's a lot of responsibility in this in the sense that we represent Jesus. We represent the Lord when we are, are trying to share his word. And then we also represent ourselves, but I also personally feel that I represent you as well because we're a part of this fellowship. And, and you know, I, I just feel that we're in this thing together. I want to look at a couple of passages. Paul, Paul said this a lot. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 6, back a few books, Ephesians chapter 6 in uh, verse 19 and 20. 
Paul talks about it, Ephesians 6, 19 and 20. He says the same things, but again, he's so concerned about this. He said, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. And pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul was saying, listen, whenever I open my whenever I have these opportunities, I, I, wanna, I want God to give me the words. Now that doesn't just apply to me like I've been saying. It applies to you as well, that God would give you the words when you need them. But it comes through prayer. Paul said, I need prayer about this. I want prayer about this. It also tells me here, why would Paul talk about praying with boldness Talk about praying fearlessly unless Paul was human like you and me and he was afraid at times. You ever get afraid to say something to somebody? <clears throat> that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador and change. Paul was actually a prisoner writing that letter there and, and yet he's, he's you know, you and I, maybe we'd get put in jail and we'd stop doing whatever we were doing. Paul says, no, I want it to keep going. I, want to, I need to keep doing this. How about turn ahead two books to Colossians. One more verse on this. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3 and 4. He says, and pray for us too. That God may open a door for our message. Open a door for the word. So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Paul said, I need prayer to do this, what I'm doing. I need God to open up the doors. He says, I need God to give me the words. I need God to open up the doors. And I need to proclaim it clearly as I should. I want to be as clear as I can be. I want to be as concise as I can be. I want, I want to be able to teach the word that, that it's actually uh, hitting the mark. That it's reaching into people's lives. And, and not just to talk for talk's sake. We can all do that. But to pray that God would give us the words, that God would open the doors in people's hearts. That's where the doors really are. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. You know, it's God's Word that's going to make a difference. It's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness. It's God's Word that is going to make a difference in people's lives. It's not my words, not my stories. It's God's Word that is going to change people's lives but God needs to open the doors God needs to help me I, I, I want to just be able to, to, to serve and, and to teach in a way that is accessible that people can understand I need prayer I like what this guy Merrill Tenney said he said if a church wants a better pastor Get that? It can get one by praying for the one it has. The church wants a better pastor. It can get one by praying for the one it has. That is so true. You know, well, I've heard this through the years too. You know, well, I'm just not getting fed. 
Or, you know, he's so boring. He's so insane. He's crazy. I've heard that about other people. But you know what? Pray for, pray for your pastor. Pray for the pastors in this city and in this state. Pray that God would do something because they're just human beings and they need the anointing. They need the power of God and only God can give it. So where do you go to ask? You, you don't go to the pastor and say, listen, you need to get it together. Well, maybe they need that too. But as far as what they're doing, only God can fix it. Only God can help give that power, that unction, that anointing. So I'm pleading, pleading with you today uh, to pray for me, to, to be able to, you know, I don't know how much time, it says there that the word would spread rapidly. I don't know how much time I have personally left. I don't know how much time we have in our society left to get the word out. We don't know how much time we have with people. We honestly don't know. You and I don't know. There's a pastor in California, 64 years old. His name is Steve Mays in a Calvary Chapel in South Bay in the L.A. area. And he went in for surgery on Monday to fix a problem in his back, back surgery. Just a few days ago, it all went very well. But early Thursday morning, a blood clot broke free somehow. He was gone. You and I don't know how much time we have. He had just recorded a video right before the surgery and, you know, YouTube for his church. Very uh, moving. Just basically he was asking for prayer. Will you please pray for me? I'm going in for surgery and I'll see you soon. But God had other plans. Did God not answer their prayers? No, he did. But God had other plans, right? I don't know. Our times, as we said, as I said earlier, are, are in his hands. Jeremiah, the prophet, he said, Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, he said, I, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a child. Don't make excuses. I can't do it. He said, You must go to everyone I send you to. And say whatever I command you. He says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah chapter 1. He says, I, I, how can I speak? I can't do it. And the Lord said, don't ever say that. He said, I'm the one that's going to give you the words. And the Lord reached out and he touched his mouth said, I put my words in your mouth. It's not our words. It's his words going to make a difference. That the word of the Lord may spread rapidly. Let's turn back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And not only spread, but also be honored. Be glorified, another translation says, just as it was with you. They received it. Pray that God would open up hearts to receive his word, that that they would understand, that it would make sense. His second request found there in verse 2, and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. 
You know, we are in a war. We are in a battle. It's a fight. It's a fight, this life. And we need prayer. It's a spiritual battle. Paul said in, in Ephesians that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and these spiritual rulers in the darkness. And, and, and so there's a spiritual war. We may think it's all the people around us that we're fighting with, but there's, there's something deeper, something more than that that's going on. We need prayer. I know, I can say honestly that without uh, prayer, that people have prayed for me, I, 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 the pressure to give up is intense. The pressure to quit is intense. I'll just go do something else sometimes. The pressure gets intense, but I know and I believe that there are people that are praying for me and, and just, just get up one more day. I'm going to get up and do it again. Going to go around that wall one more time, like Jericho. Going to get up and do it again. Pray for us, Paul says, you know, that we may be delivered from the situation of these, these men, unreasonable men. He says, not everyone has faith. We live in a society that not many have faith. Isn't that true? Can't expect the world around us to be living like Christians, but God's wanting us to. Someone said this, the spiritual battle rages intensely for people's souls and Satan does not easily let go of his own. It's a battle. It's a war. Like we sang, I'm in a battle every minute. And we can't win it unless the Lord is the king. One more passage I'd like you to turn with me to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. We're going to have communion in just a couple minutes. But this idea of being in this war, to be in this battle, this struggle, Paul calls it here, 1530, Romans 1530 and 31. He says, I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there. He says, pray for me. Join me in my struggle. Join me in the battle. Pray for each other, he's saying. Pray for me. That word struggle, the literal meaning of it is, is, is agonize with. Pray with, as you pray for someone, you join in their struggle. You join and you agonize together with them through whatever it is they're going through. We all need prayer. The word and the war that God would use us to, to spread the word. It's a desperate need in our day. But also in the war that we face, it's a desperate situation. A wise man once told me, we have the prayer advantage. We have the prayer advantage. Got to keep that in mind. The enemy starts to beat us down. We say, you know what? We got prayer. We got the prayer advantage. So pray for us. And if you need prayer, you need to ask someone. I'm going I'm to 
have you read a couple of scriptures on the screen with me today as we move into communion. But I want to spend a little bit of time just before we partake of communion for prayer. And maybe you're going to pray right there. Maybe you're going to ask someone to pray for you next to you. Or maybe we'll have some people up here. You, you just say, please pray for me. You don't even have to tell them what it is for. And just pray for you because there's power in it. And let's not let the enemy take that away from us. The prayer, the power of prayer, it's a prayer advantage that we have. Let's read these verses. Romans 8.34, Who is he that condemns Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. You know, we pray for each other, and, and, and there's this verse and another verse that we'll read in a second, but, but Jesus is praying for you too. He's at the right hand. He's, he's actually at the right hand of God interceding for you and for me right now. It comes through the cross, which is why we celebrate communion. It comes through the cross and the resurrection. Let's get to the next verse there in Hebrews. He says, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely. He's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. He never takes a break. He never stops. And he'll never die. He lives forever. And he always lives to intercede for you and for me. That's incredible. So we pray for each other. We ask each other for prayer. But, but ultimately remember this too, that Jesus is praying for you and for me. And how did it happen? How did, how did this come about? It came about through the cross that we're celebrating now. So I'm going to take a couple of minutes. I've asked the worship team and others to come and help pray. And, and, and uh, I'm going to ask one of them to pray for me. And Nick, if you can play that, uh, the uh, instrumental uh, music quietly for us. Uh, it will take some time. And, and maybe you just want, maybe there's some needs that you, you need prayer for. Maybe there's a situation at work. Maybe there's a situation in your home. Maybe there's a need, physical need that you have. I heard this morning about somebody that God miraculously helped them with a physical need. God can do that. Let's pray together and then we'll spend a little bit of time in prayer. You can, you can play that, Nick. It's okay. Father in heaven, we thank you that, that you have sent your son Jesus to die for us. And that he rose from the dead and that he, he's ever living to intercede for us, to pray for us, to help us along this path. And that, that we might be lights in the world, sharing the light of our Savior Jesus. But Lord, we need help. We definitely need help. And we're, we're just human beings. And what can we do? We can't do anything apart from you. And so we pray today, Lord, that you would empower us to be those witnesses of the word and that you would also help us in the war because we get tired. I get, I get tired and I want to quit. I struggle. And Paul said he asked the people to pray with him, pray for him in the middle of that struggle and that agonizing. So, Lord, we thank you that you're here today. And as we prepare our hearts to uh, 
remember you in communion. We pray that we could cast all our cares upon you. Maybe there's some things we need to lay at that cross right now. Maybe there's some things we need to let go of right now. Maybe there's some things that have been holding us back from really living for you and we need to just put them on the altar right at the foot of the cross. Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you love us. Where would we be without your love? To whom shall we go? There's no one else that has the words of eternal life. No one else that loved us like you did at that cross. No one else.